I think we're seeing uh, an increase of like sudden adoption across Web3 social applications, whether it be from people trying to build applications to users trying to use these applications or creators trying to create content and monetize through these applications. And I'm still trying to understand the space from like a macro lens. I'm curious to hear your point of view. What do you think is the current state of Web3 social? We're early. Uh, I think there are a variety of different approaches. There probably will be more additional networks that pop up and, and people with different points of view on how, how to do things. We are also in a slightly different uh, situation compared to maybe some other technology trends in that if you, if you take the examples of Twitter and Facebook, they were kind of in that first generation of, of social media, the web two uh, social media boom. And so a lot of the stuff was getting figured out for the first time. It's, yeah, you had some, some earlier social networks, Friendster, right. MySpace. But the, the inflection point was really as, as society shifted over to mobile as being the, the dominant form factor, that actually massively increases the amount of social media use, right? Rather than mm -hmm. being something that, oh, I'm going to go sit on my computer and use Facebook versus being on the couch watching TV and also having Facebook open. Right. Um, and so I think with Web3, you're not in a situation where you're competing mostly against Greenfield, like in that you're, you're, you aren't in a Greenfield situation. You're, you're competing against mature Web2 social networks for time spent. Right. And so if you think about social, the, the, it's a zero sum game in that you only have a limited amount of time. You can't spend time on two social networks at once. So if you're spending it on one social network or watching Netflix, that, that's, that's the trade off. And so mm -hmm. I think where Web3 social is, is early days in terms of infrastructure development, protocol layer, as well as app development on top, but also in the kind of figuring out what's the differentiator versus the mature options that basically everyone is already on, right? It's not like people mm -hmm. are onboarding to social media for the first time with Web3 Social. They're already on Web2 Social Media. And if anything, that's actually where you're finding a lot of those people as a developer of a Web3 right. you know, social media product. But the 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 challenge is, is, okay, I already have a big audience on Web2 Social Media. I have the habit, I've spent time curating my feed. I like the algorithmic stuff that I'm getting, maybe you don't. Um, but to then actually get everything up and running in Web3, that, that, that's, that's where we really are right now. It's, 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 can you actually offer something that is reasonably competitive such that someone is willing to trade off time spent over here in, in Web3? Web and, and so that's actually something that we've been really focused on for the last two years is building the initial client for Barcast for the protocol. Because from our point of view, the, the thing that's actually going to drive the most switching is you have to have a base level of feature parity, right? You, you can't say, hey, this is a really rough app, but it's decentralized. No, one, no one's going to switch to that. Whereas if you can get a mobile app that from a performance standpoint feels pretty close, maybe not quite there, and then a sufficient number of kind of people that are interesting, then you might start to get the early adopters who say, oh, this is actually kind of nice. It's the, the spam bots aren't here. or I actually have more control over what I see in my feed. Uh, but I think that's a pretty slow process. Right. Whereas maybe fast forward two or three years from now, and you have a variety of attempts in, in Web3 Social that have kind of gotten that first stage done, you may start to see actually apps grow 
at a, at a faster clip, a more mainstream audience clip. But I think where we are right now is in that kind of early, mm-hmm. early adopter deployment phase. And then you have this kind of challenge of like, okay, well, how do you cross that chasm? Right. To mainstream? Right. But I, I actually think it's like you need to focus on the first phase first before you even worry about that. Right. I think there right. are a lot of people who, when they think Web3 social, and I think NFTs in a, in a positive way kind of increase the aperture of what crypto can be for people rather than this kind of like very uh, finance, quantitative, numeric thing. There's a visual element, a very consumer element. Yes, there's a financial element to it. But I think as a result of that, a lot of people, especially with the kind of bull market of 2021, wanted to proclaim, okay, this is crypto's mainstream. And I can tell you having worked since 2014, people have been saying this is crypto's mainstream (laughs) for way too long. (laughs) And I think, I think it's just the wrong frame, right? I don't think we get to a sudden, okay, this is now mainstream. Right. Because I think the, the analogies people like to use, Oh, this is like 1993. And now we have Netscape that's going to kind of kick off this adoption. Mm Mm-hmm. The difference is there was no internet before, whereas now with crypto, it's a subset of the internet. So inevitably, like it isn't a step function of a change for a consumer. If, if you just kind of the simple thing of, okay, I can get an Uber with Uber or someone goes build the centralized Uber, still get the Uber. Whereas right. pre-internet, there was no Uber, you know, taxis or whatever. Right. The, the step function changes the zero to one. And I think where crypto is always... Um, fairly or unfairly compared is this, I think the, when people are being unreasonable, they're trying to say it's a step function change, but it's probably more incremental. And I think that's even the wrong frame to be thinking about as an entrepreneur, because I actually think what what's interesting is if you can just actually shift to say what new experiences or things that are fundamentally not possible in Web2 can you actually start to build. And, and so that that's one of the first principles in terms of building that we've approached with Farcaster is use the amount of web two or web three as minimal as possible. Like the amount of stuff we put on chain is as you know, small as possible and then leverage everything else from web two. That that's great in terms of usability mm-hmm. and speed and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and see if you can actually start to get to a, a fundamentally new experience. And in our mm-hmm. case, it's a, it's a social network where the, the backend is truly a protocol and is permissionless and then figure out, okay, how do you scale that from there? without trying to say that everything is fundamentally better because to be totally right. frank, like it's not like our client for Farcaster is like pretty good, but it is not as good as something like Twitter yet. And so sure. there's a lot of work to do. 